0: Today, the shulz is going to be a different style than we had in the past. Uh, what we're officially going to discuss is the akeda, which is at the end of the street parasha. I say officially because we're going to make some introductions, and uh, the way these things work, it could be we won't even get to the akeda, or we'll just start discussing it. <coughs> so Let me give you some general introduction, not about the arcade in general. I want to start off speaking about chitas, chitas, and specifically chumash, chumash and rashi every day chitas. And what I want to tell you is that you learn chitas every year. And with the help of Hashem, you're going to be learning it for the rest of your life. Every year, you're learning Chitas. You're going through the Chumash from the beginning to the (laughs) end. Now, what you should be doing is every year, when you learn Chumash and Rashi, you should be advancing in your learning. Advancing. The same as last year. Like you learned it last year. You're doing the same thing again this year. Like you didn't really advance. That's not um, fitting. It's not proper. Every year you learn Chumash and Rashi. You have to advance. Uh, What does advance mean? (laughs) It can mean a lot of things. And I want to give you some examples of what this means. You learn uh, Chumash and Rashi. One Pasuk, a Rashi, another Pasuk and a Rashi. Did you ever try doing the following thing? Cover the Rashi, after you learned it, after you learned after you learned today's after you learned it, cover the Rashi's, go, learn. go back to the Psukim and ask yourself, what did Rashi say in this Pasuk? Do I remember? I have no clue, hmm, let me take a look. All right, that's what Rashi said. Okay, next Pasuk, and you'll be surprised, quite a few Psukim, you forgot what Rashi says. <laughs> but if you would do this, get used to doing this covering the Rashi, after you learned it, cover it, go over it and remind yourself, that if you don't remember Rashi it's okay, look at it, okay, then cover it, go to the next Pasuk now, this does not mean that you must do this <coughs> every single Pasuk, every single day that's not what we're talking about but this should be on your agenda Maybe you're not going to do it completely this year. Maybe you'll only do one puzzle like this, this year. Okay. But then next year you'll do more. And you keep on advancing. Like one of your goals is that there's no reason that you should not be clear in all the rashes of the churush. You're learning that every year. When I was, uh, I don't know, Bar Mitzvah, a little bit more of a mitzvah. So, <laughs> I was together with people that weren't Lubavitch. And what they were saying is, Oh, you're a Lubavitcher? Ah, said, so you know Chumash and Rashi, right? Right, because those Lubavitchers have, what's it called? Achitas, right? right? That's what they have. So they know Chumash and Rashi. <laughs> and, and there's no reason we shouldn't know Chumash and Rashi. The truth is, that you Rashi, know you don't have to be a Lubavitcher with it. That's a dinner, which we'll soon speak about. But but, but, but but especially with every day we learn Chumash and Rashi, yeah, we should learn it. Okay, but one day it's a long Chumash and Rashi and I can't, I, I, I can't cope with everything. Okay, so maybe one day you'll rush with it. Okay, okay. Next year you'll go a little bit slower. But have in mind your goal is a long-term goal. It's a lifelong goal. Every year you're learning Chumash, you're advancing in the Chumash. But that can only happen if chumash is not tehillim. If chumash is tehillim, then every year it's the same thing. What's the same thing? I don't know what's going on too much. In chumash and Rashi, because it's tehillim. The way the way some people say tehillim, where they don't know what the words mean. But chumash and Rashi is not tehillim. Chumash and Rashi means you're learning a positive, you're understanding of it. That's one example of. Uh, of advancing. And by the way, this you could do by Kri on Shabbos. You know, between, you know, while the Gabba is calling out, you know, and the you have your extra time, right? Try that trick. You know, you're up to Shani Try that. Okay, you cover the Rashis. Uh-huh. What did Rashi say here again? And the more you do it, the more you practice, it's going to become easier for you to catch the Rashis of the Chumash. The more you do it, then you'll be more aware of it. And you'll catch more of the Rashi's. And if you forget some of the Rashi's, it's okay. You don't have to use a up for that. But it's training to really get to know Chumash and Rashi. Then there's something else. Something else goes like this. When you learn Chumash and Rashi, it's inevitable when you're learning that you don't have some questions questions either, I don't understand exactly what Rashi is saying, I don't see how it fits into the Pasek, or there might be a Pasek where Rashi says nothing and I don't really understand this puzzle too much. You can't go through the Chumash and then have a question. I don't mean necessarily every single day. But you learn the Pasek one day, another day, you probably get some questions if you're learning it. Now if you have these questions, uh, you're not mechoyev, you are not obligated to find answers to the questions. I think I've said this in the past. When you compare the importance of questions and answers, which is more important? Questions is more important than answers. Questions is more important than answers. Because if you ask questions, that shows you're learning. If you don't ask questions, maybe something is missing. But if you ask questions because you're learning and you don't have answers, that doesn't show you're not learning. So you don't have an answer. Maybe you'll find out next year, or maybe you'll look up the mafosim. Now, people who learn Chumash and Rashi every day, year, year after year after year. This is what happens very often. You're learning uh, this week's parsha, and you learn a and a uh, Chumash and Rashi, and you say, "Wow, this answers a question I had ten years ago. I never understood it. Now I finally understand it. Just if you learn it." okay it's an ongoing process it's your chumash it's your rashi you have a question you don't understand that's okay but it's good if you think about it a little bit next year two years ago 10 years from now it it, it should flash or if someone else will ask this question 10 years from now and give an answer you say oh wow i had this question years ago now i have an answer Now this is Bechlal true and Chumash and Rashi. And especially if the Chumash appears in the davening, such as in this week, the end of this week's pasha is the Akedah. The Akedah we see every morning. The story about Avram and Yitzchak, all that whole story, we see it every morning. So this is the time you should have. This is a kosher time. Maybe even a Mitzvah Taiva. Taiva. Taiva is a desire, okay? You should have a Taiva that since I'm saying the Akedah every single day, so the Chumash of the Akedah, I should learn even more because I'm saying it every day. I should get more into it because I'm saying it every day. And you know what happens when you get more into, let's say the (coughs) say One year, the second year, whatever it is, you have a question, you have an answer, you have more insight, you have more clarity. Then every day when you say that kedah, yeah, maybe you should remember it. Remember every day of the year what you learned this, you know, this week the Akedah, If you get into it, this could last for the whole year. Then when you say that ked every day, it's a different Akedah. Likewise, as Yashim when the time comes As Yashim, and while we're in the subject, <clears throat> similarly when you're learning the Gemara, and the Gemara quotes Pesukim from the Chumash open up the Chumash and look at the Pesukim. And this is the test. You're (laughs) You're learning the Gemara Pesukim, explaining Pesukim. When you're going to reach those Pesukim in Chumash in a month from now, or two months from now, will it click by you? Ah, this is what the Gemara said. Right. Wow, right. Or it's not even going to click. So one of the ways to make it click is when you're learning a Gamon there's a Pasuk, open up the Chumash, read the Pasuk. And maybe someone you should read the Pasuk, but how does Rashi explain in the Chumash? And how does the G'mon explaining it? It doesn't have to be the same way, it could be very different. But next time you come to this Pasuk, when you learn the reading the Torah, you should click, aha, uh-huh, right, right, you learn that Pasuk, right, remember, right, uh, this is the P'sha, this is the Allah, we learn from this. Now in this advancement of Chumash every year, there comes a time where it's okay to introduce and look at some Afolshim, some commentaries. Here's Rashi, there's commentaries on Rashi, but there's other commentaries that go different Rashi, such as the Ramban and others. It's a good idea to get used to learning other Afolshim also. I would not suggest you do it immediately. Your initial objective is Chumash and Rashi, to really know that. But as the years go by, yes, look up the Mephoshim also. Very important. <coughs> what would be a good safer to learn other uh, the on the Chalashim? Well, the art scroll does a good job in English. They have on the bottom, they bring on the Mephoshim. In Hebrew, they also have books that, uh, that have a summary of Mephoshim. That's that, that goes quicker that way. There's a more complicated way of going through the Ramban and that when the time comes. But in the meantime, you know, Chumash and Rashi, that your main focus. But what are the Mufoshim say? And again, you don't have to learn every single English, but at least some interest, some taivis, some geschmack to want to know more. Okay, now we're going to go to the Arcade. But any questions before we get to that page? Yes. Is there ever a time where you've been doing achitas for so long that it's like you graduate from Rashi and it's like you like you know the Rashi never, so well? Never, never, never. You never graduate from Rashi. You always advance in Rashi. You never graduate. <laughs> we, we, in our generation, are very lucky. In our generation, the Rebbe, Taught us how to live in Rashi. Hundreds of Sikhs with Rebbe came to a Fabringen, came with a Chumash, and every Shabbos Fabringen, <laughs> Rebbe would pick one of the Rashis and analyze it. But really analyze it. Question, question, and the man said this, and the question of the man, back and forth. It's fascinating Sikhs. So you don't never graduate Chumash in Rashi. You always advance in that. Okay, now. Let's go to the arcade itself. I want to zero in on one of the parts of Akedah, which is which is very problematic. There's a big question on this. There's other parts of the arcade also maybe we'll also or jazz, but I want to zero in on one part of the Akedah. And this is towards the end. If you have a sitter, open up the sitter. If you have a Chumash, open up a Chumash. Find the Pasuk. Al Tishlach. Yodkhal. It's Pasak Ub. I'll teach a khyodala now. It's chapter twenty-two Pasak twelve. <coughs> if it's in the sitter, find where the Pasad begins. Oh yeah you Altishah oh, what are the words Altishah yedakh right. Right. right that's it yes sir right fa yume altishah go now that's it right. fa yume go now that's it okay so the story was that hashim told Abraham, take your son and uh, and bring him up as a as a burnt offering so Avram took his son, they traveled, several days, they traveled, and uh, then came the time to to bind Yitzchak, Avram bound Yitzchak, and, uh, and he was about to slaughter him, as Hashem told him to, and all of a sudden the Malach comes, and the, the Malach, the angel, comes and says, Avram, Avram, twice. Avram, Avram. Someone says yes. says yes. You know what's the what's the problem? Why are you interrupting me? I'm not doing the mitzvah. What's the problem? the so malach says, don't touch your son. Don't touch him. Don't do anything. Now at this point, Avram gets confused. He gets very confused because first Hashem had told him take your son, in. and now Hashem says don't touch him. This is not. The style of Hashem <laughs> to say one thing and then change his mind—that's not the style of Hashem. So he, i got very confused. Like, what's going on over here? Yet he he, the question he had was even stronger than that. But Hashem tells um, actually records a um, a discussion between Avram and uh, and Hashem, and Hashem sells to Avram. I don't change my mind, that's not my style, I never told you to slaughter your child, I never said that, all I said was, bring him up on the altar, that's all I said, I said to slaughter, so what, what happened, you brought him up, take him down, that's all, that was Hashem's response, so in the beginning of the Akedah, what are the words Hashem used? Take your son to Al take him to Yerushalayim okay? Bring him up as a burnt offering. Okay. So Hashem says, Did I tell you, did you ever say the words, slaughter him? Did you ever say that? I never said that. I said, I'll allow you bring him up. And you did that. Great. Now put him down. That's it. End of story. That's what Hashem says to, to Abraham Okay, so this leads us to a question The question is like this Avram Avino was a a big tzaddik but he wasn't just a tzaddik he was a big talmud tochen. he was a big scholar he was a genius scholar he debated the whole world about the Zone, about Hashem he was a tremendous, insightful scholar in Taiwan. He was a genius. So when Hashem says to Avuham, Ha'aleu, bring him up. Why couldn't Avuham Avinu figure this out? Why couldn't he figure this out? Hashem never told me to Like, what's come, come? Every student of the G'mon could figure that out within two minutes. It's obvious. I should just say what did you tell me so again repeat those words I'll you. bring them up okay so I'll bring them up why should I take a knife one second one second one second one second one second one second, so again the question is like this Avro Avino is being told to bring up his son as an Ayla. and he thought oh, that must mean to shekhtim to slaughter him Later on, Hashem says, that's what I meant. He misunderstood. So the whole story of the was just, a, just based on a misunderstanding. I would take it much more than that. I would say that Avon Avinu, it's hard to say such words, but maybe he should be accused of, of intent, of, I don't know, murder. He wanted to slaughter his son. I mean, that's a federal offense. Punishable by who knows what. I mean, really? No, but Hashem told me to do it. He did. You misunderstood. Abba Vino should be put on trial. You know what kind of chutzpah is that? You're ready to slaughter your son based on your misunderstanding. Okay, maybe we can't blame him. Maybe he didn't understand it. But such a mistake for Abba Vino, who's such a scholar. How could that happen? Such a thing. Okay, I just asked a question, which is very controversial, because in all the times that we have shumas, I didn't have so many hands coming up within 10 seconds. So this is a very controversial thing. Okay, one at a time. <laughs> Can we say that since Avraham is such a Talmud Chakam, when it says La'aylah, one of the process of offering an ayla is the shekht. Yeah, it says there's a birth offering. You can't make something burnt without shefting it. Okay, okay. Then what did Hashem say later on? Inna the Asim to Yes. Right? Yeah, so then, you, so then because it's this kind of like double okay. language, it has room to be there. Okay, okay, good Both. point, okay. Okay, any other uh, questions? Can I give a suggestion why why didn't answer anything by the first part? If he if he was very smart then you just not not think about what what the shape is gonna watch. Okay. 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 Just to further emphasize points, <coughs> the point. Just, just to further emphasize the point, shouldn't you know that there are only a couple of animals that can be offered to, as sacrifice and person isn't one of them? No, this was an exception. Was, exception. Hashem tells him to slaughter Hashem. But Hashem makes exceptions to his unrules. He writes it all down in the Torah. What does he say? No, 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 no. There, there's, there's 613 mitzvahs. Hashem has every legal right to come down and tell any one of us to do whatever he wants. He could tell us on Shabbos to shops, and We've listened to him. Hashem says that, if we know it's from Hashem. The same Hashem that gives us the mitzvahs has a legal right to tell us what to do. Okay, now, what you're all answering, this is right, I just want to explain this a little bit more, because I think over okay, here we have a very important principle. And I want to premise this by, uh, by uh, a, a story that happened, an episode that happened, it was like this, that uh, <laughs> the Rebbe, before 1950, when it came to the meals of Pesach, the Seder, or Sukkot, or Shunna, in Kippur, would eat the Suda by his father-in-law, the Friedrich Rebbe, the previous Rebbe. Upstairs there the would go up with the Rebbe and he would eat together, the Friedrich Rebbe. They were eating there also. So what happened was that the Friedrich Rebbe had two son-in-laws, 770, One was older and one was younger. The rashan The Rebbe's brother-in-law was older. And the Rebbe well, was younger. So on the right side of the Friedrich Rebbe sat the older brother-in-law, the Roshan, And on the left side of, of the Friedrich Rebbe sat the Rebbe. This went on for year after year until 1950. <coughs> 1950 was the Stalkus, the away of the Friedrich Rebbe. So then when it came to the next Pesach, they didn't know what's going to happen now. What in fact happened was the Rebbe did the same thing he always did. He went to the table upstairs by the house of the Rebbe. He made sure that 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 the chair of the Friedrich Rebbe was in the same place it always was. The Rebbe made sure that in front of the Friedrich Rebbe there should be the Seder plate. The Rebbe sat in the same place he always sat on the left side. The chair was empty. At least empty for us. There was no one over there. But everything was the same setup as before 1950. And people asked the Rebbe, like, well, why Why you, Rebbe <laughs> said, the Friedrich Rebbe is, uh, nothing changed, he's still there. Still there. So therefore, the Rebbe sent over there, and then they say that, uh, you know, there's a lot of pushing, Bochum came, and Galactic came, with a lot of pushing. One time they was pushing and, and they moved, they pushed the Friedrich Rebbe's chair and the rebbe's face turned white. His face turned white. So the rebbe was like very much discussing that, you know, the is here and and, uh, and the brachas are here and if you used to come over here to the Seder, keep on coming to the Seder. But then they noticed something very strange. All the years that the rebbe, ate by the Friedrich Rebbe, one of the things you do by the Seder is called Hesayva, hesayva means reclining. But the thing is, you don't do reclining in front of your rebbe. In front of your teacher, you don't do reclining. In front of your father, you do it, but not in front of your teacher. So all the years when the fitzkep was there, the rebbe did not do hesayva. He did not recline, because his rebbe was there. Came 1950, the first time there was a seidel after the stalkers had passed away. The fitzkep, and everyone noticed that the rebbe was reclining. He was reclining. So some people got uh, confused. And I think someone asked the Rebbe, You keep on saying that the Rebbe is here, the Friedkab is here. You keep on saying that. So if the Rebbe is here, how do you recline? Slav so gave an answer, a powerful answer. The answer was like this I-, I don't know the exact words, the words that I heard, but I'm not sure these were the exact words. But the way I heard it at least was, in Yiddish the Rebbe said with Halacha you don't play around with Halacha you don't play I don't think those are the exact words but something in that context what the Rebbe was saying was <coughs> if you are in a place where you don't see your Rebbe then you're supposed to recline there's a you've going to recline so they recline the fact that the Fidi Rebbe is here and therefore the Rebbe Sat and all that, right, that's true but when it comes to halacha you don't play around with halacha, Allah has to be as fixed, and you follow halacha the way it is according to halacha okay, why am I saying this story? let's go back to the Al-Qaeda, Hashem speaks to Avraham and He says, Valeu bring him up as, as an offering, as a burnt offering bring him up so Hashem is giving him a command. He's telling them what to do. So Arav Avinu has two options. One option is, what's the simple pshat of this alocha? What's the simple meaning? What's the basic meaning when Hashem says, bring him up as an oiler? The basic meaning is, bring him up and shach him as lord. That's the basic meaning. Now, it's true when you learn Gamalah, and you start using your thumbs, and you go deeper, and you can start making analysis. Yeah, but Hashem never said, slaughter him. He said, bring him up. Right, that's if you make analysis. Right. But but when you have a mitzvah, you don't start making analysis and calculations. You just follow the mitzvah the way it is. The way it sounds and the way it is. If Avonavino would have... made the shtick, and he would say, eh, I'm not gonna do it. You never told me to do it, so I'm not doing it. You always do you If you would do that, would that be a mitzvah or a sin? sin? That'll be a sin. Because we know there's pshat. The Torah is multifaceted, there's pshat. There's remez, drush, so There's the basic understanding of the text. And there's remez, the hints. And there's the drush, which is the medzvish, and the gemorah, and so the secrets." So we have a very important rule that says even though you have many interpretations and secrets and drush, right? There's many interpretations. But here's the rule. You never go out of the pshat. The basic understanding, you always stick to that. You could add, but that's the first thing you do. When Hashem gives him a mitzvah and he says, the basic understanding of that is, take him and slaughter him. And don't start making calculations and pull pull He would be sinning if he did that. When it comes to Allah, it's very clear. Hashem said that he's supposed to listen. It's only that later on, when Avram asked Hashem this question, then Hashem said, let me reveal to you the drush over here. And in this case, the Allah will follow the drush. But you have no right to say that. I could say that, Hashem says. Hashem says, I could be the one that interprets that. You have no right to do that. You have to follow the drush. And this is a a very important lesson in so many areas of life where you could go deeper and deeper, more profound than the secrets, but we always have to fall back. What's the simple psha? What's the basic halacha? Let me give you an example. Putting on tefillin every morning. Now, the mitzvah of tefillin, what tefillin is, there's a lot of meaning to tefillin. As a matter of fact, in Tanya, it tells you the Kavan of a But, there was a rabbi from Baltimore that came up to yeshiva upstairs like uh, 45 years ago. I, f- I forgot when it was, I was a student there. And he met some of the students and he said, well, what was it, it was in the '70s? I forgot where it was. It was the 70s. He says, what does it say in Tanya? What's the Kavan of a He asked some of the students, they didn't know. They didn't know. But in any case, there's a kavanah that says in Tanya. But there's also a kavanah which you have in the Siddur, by the way, where it says, you should put on film, it says, yechav, and what you should be thinking about. That's Allah. you have to think about that. There's halacha that says, when you say the bloch and the shalyad, what should you have in mind? The shalosh. have in mind. That's halacha. So there's deeper we know that a mitzvah is, tafsir, a connection, and yofeshach, there's so many great things about mitzvahs but all the greatness of a mitzvah should never veer us off course from the basic understanding of Allah. that you always keep you can add to that you can go deeper to that you can put the nisham into that but you can't go away from the basic understanding and this, this has many applications but we'll start over here